Start your mornings on the right foot and listen to the Morning Jam, 6 to 9 a.m. on the Virginia Talk Radio Network. Good day, sunshine. Good day, sunshine. Good day, sunshine. I need to laugh, and when the sun is out, I feel good in a special way. I'm in love and it's a sunny day. Good morning, guys. It is Wednesday. We've made it halfway there. It's pretty good. A little chilly today. Had to uh, fire up the old wood stove last night. Did you, Jeff, turn the heat on last night? I yeah, I had to turn it up. I had it on because I'm on the basement, even though it's not really a basement because I have windows. Right. But I like my floors always are cold, so I always just try to turn it on. To well, keep... We had to turn it on. The dogs were very, very happy when we did. So, uh, yeah, definitely going to be chilly the next few days, as you know by your forecasts. We'll, uh, we'll have more on that as we get through this morning. Here's your thought of the day for this Wednesday. Beautiful things happen when you distance yourself from negativity oh i'd say that's true for sure absolutely here's our text number keep it handy 434-248-0704 that's our text number and we would love for you to play along with our mind jam trivia here it is about 870,000 do this on a work day what are we talking about 870,000 people do this on a work day. We want to know what you think we're talking about. Text us, 434-248-0704. Well, today is uh, National Support Your Local Chamber of Commerce Day. There you go. Huzzah. Uh-huh. What does that mean? Huzzah? Like, good day. Hurrah? Yeah. Okay. Huzzah. I'll learn something new today. On this day in history, 1973, OPEC oil embargo on the United States begins as participating nations cease oil exports to the U.S. and begin a series of production cuts. Wow, that sounds like that could be today's headlines, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. From 1973 to 2022, we've progressed so much. Nothing new. Nothing new. It all rhymes. Uh Uh-huh. Nothing new. Uh, in 1975, a chorus line held the record longest running Broadway show. It premieres on Broadway at the Schubert Theater in New York City. That's the uh, the the song that I sing whenever I go through um, Food Line and the freezers light up as you walk down through. I like to sing a little chorus line just for fun. It, sometimes people look at you funny, but that's okay. It still brings me joy. In 1990, Dances with Wolves, directed by Kevin Costner, starring Kevin Costner and Mary McDonald, premieres in Washington, D.C. It was the Academy Award winner for Best Picture in 1991. And then in 1999, Cher releases Believe, the Billboard Song of the Year in 1999, and the Grammy Award Best Dance Recording. Sorry. What you doing? Force a habit. Okay. All right. We're having issues with the sound clips today. So That's I, okay. Uh, birthdays today. John Favreau is turning 56 years old. Of course, without John Favreau, we would not have Elf. We would not have Iron Man. 
uh, the Iron Man franchise. Oh. Because he does, like, all that. He does, yes. Okay, now I know who you're talking about. Yeah, well, he was also the doctor in Elf. Yes. But he was the, he was He's responsible. the director. He's the director. He directed Iron Man 2. Right, but he also he, pushed to get Elf made. Nobody wanted to make Elf. Yeah, he also directed... Something re- something else recently. I can't remember. Oh, he's probably. produced. He's done a yeah. lot of stuff. John Favreau, But, but yeah. probably the best parts that he's known for is that. Uh, John Lithgow, 77, best bedtime storyteller ever. He has, I didn't know he had a kid's show. I didn't either. Yeah, he's very good at telling stories. He even did that on Broadway. Evander Holyfield having a birthday today. He turns 52 years old today. Ty Pennington, everybody's handyman, is 54. Move that bus. Mm-hmm. Move that bus. I never really trusted that show. I don't think I would want anybody to come in and finish a house that quickly. General Rose, good morning. Yes. It's 6 a.m. Yes. Got- no. Uh-uh. Get out of your house. Yes. No. That wouldn't work for me. And also, doing all that stuff so fast wouldn't work for me either. Uh, Steve Ducey. Fox News, he's turning 66 years old today. His son's kind of taking the gauntlet now, I think. Um, Peter's doing a fantastic job. I know he's proud. Amy Carter is turning 55 years old today. And Miss uh, Harper Valley PTA is turning 77 years old Who? today. Jeannie C. Riley. Nope. The day my mama socked it to the nope. Harper Valley PTA. You don't know who I'm talking about? Nope. That is so sad. You need to look it up immediately, because uh, it was it was a, a classic. I'm bringing song. a whole new dynamic. She was she was pretty, she was cutting edge back in her time. So there is that. Uh, we also have Jennifer Holiday having a birthday today. Dreamgirls, uh, lots of great Broadway shows. Uh, she is turning 62 and is just as beautiful as ever. So our Mind Jam trivia this morning was this. About 870,000 people do this on a work day. We said, what are we talking about? Well, we did have people say call in sick. Play uh, hooky. Wash hands, personal chores. I mean, all those are good. Those are all good guesses. That's not the answer that we're looking for, but uh, they're all good guesses. So... Uh, coming up a little bit later on this morning, we're going to be talking with uh, Sarah May. She's going to be in studio with us today. Uh, there is a pro-life rally that is going to be coming uh, to the Bedford area on the 29th of this month. And we're going to be talking to Sarah about that. Um, and it's interesting that we had her schedule for today since Joe Biden was uh hitting the the streets we're going to have that footage in a, a little bit where he was talking about kind of muddling through his thank you sorry his speech it was just he says he was apologizing for ha- talking with his back to those folks behind him that's what he said now whether that's what it is or not i don't know my favorite part is i guess they had mic issues so you have like the two mics at the podium and then he's holding a handheld mic well, because it was breaking up and all yeah. messed up, so he ended up going to that one. Um, this that, is Stand okay. for Life. It's coming up October 29th uh, at noon on Smith Street at Bedford at Calvary Baptist Church. And uh, there's going to be a lot of folks there. Uh, Senator Amanda Chase is going to be speaking. Congressman Bob Good. 
um, and Melvin Adams will be there. Uh, Danita Lewis, I'm going to be speaking at that event uh, as well. So uh, if you get a chance, check it out. We'll talk with her a little bit about this coming up in the 8 o'clock hour this morning. We'll be back with uh, our answer for your uh, for your Mind Jam trivia coming up. Somebody said oversleeping. Did you oversleep this morning? I did not. That's a good thing. We're going to let Sheena Easton take us into break. It's a good morning song. It is. My baby takes the morning train. <laughs> Guys, have a great morning. Thanks for joining us this morning on the Morning Jam. Virginia Talk Radio Network. It's the rebirth of Common Sense Talk Radio. We are the Morning Jam. All right, there you go. There's your uh, there's your hint. We ask you with our Mind Jam trivia, about 870,000 do this on a work day. What are we talking about? We're talking about... Riding a scooter. Riding your bike to work. That's, that's what we're talking about. Uh, 870,000 people in the U.S. commute to work by bicycle. That's 0.6% of all workers in the country... According to the U.S. Census Bureau, 1.1% of commuters in big cities get to work by bike, according to the Census Bureau. And, uh, yeah, I don't know if we have any listeners who take a bike to work. but I live too far away. You live too far away to have to, to bike. I to think work. I would. I'd be arriving like middle of the day. The last time I was in Seattle, uh, Washington, it was amazing. There were there were a lot of scooters there, and not I'm talking the razor scooters. So you would see like I had a razor scooter, a 60 year old so woman cool. riding a razor scooter. Yeah, that's why I said I just I I I knew once you played that song, which is a great song. I uh I knew the answer, but I I figured I'd be sarcastic to this morning because it's it's hump day. But okay, I rode my bike to middle school before. I've I've like a couple times I rode to school. Yeah. So 
I never lived close enough. I always lived in but really like, rural areas, um, so that wasn't an option for me. When to, I worked in intramurals, people rode their bikes to, like, in college. So everywhere, yeah. Uh, today is National Bike to Work Day. That is today. So uh, there we go. That's our little celebration of that. Okay, uh, here we go. So much to talk about today. Uh, a little bit later on, we're going to be talking about um, Biden's speech yesterday about, I mean, he is really pulling the whole fear card big time. Um, he's timing his policies to try to help Dems in the midterms. Um, he's really breaking out all the stops. Now, we're going to take a look today at the difference in the current Biden compared to the younger Biden when it comes to abortion. Uh, it's a it's a really interesting, and these are just facts. These are just records, things that are on the record that he said. Um, and it's it's kind of fascinating that someone can change that much in their stance, but he certainly has. Now, we also have an uh, interview with uh, Newt Gingrich, who says he doesn't think it matters what Biden comes out and says. He thinks that the uh, Republicans are going to do very well. And he says if the Democrats are smart, they will distance themselves from Biden because he's not doing them any favors. A female high school football player is getting an incredible gift from an NFL team after a history-making touchdown. That's kind of a, a fun story there so we've got some fun stories coming up and then uh, air force warplanes intercept russian bombers near a u.s state that's too close for comfort nice. so that's not yeah and of course we say in a, a u.s state but alaska is very close uh, to russia and some parts of alaska you're so much closer to russia than you are have you ever been America. to alaska i have not my parents did the cruise to Alaska, and they loved it. Did and they? So, they say. I mean, they say it's truly the last frontier. Their photos there were insanely beautiful. So, well, I had a friend who was stationed in Alaska, and I will say, her experience was very different from the picture postcards you see of Alaska. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of Alaska that is very uh, dark and dingy, and People are extremely poor, and, and even a big a big city, for example, uh, Nome, Alaska, is considered to be a big city, and they have like three thousand people. Mm -hmm. So, even the big cities are are still pretty small. And uh, I'm listening to a podcast now where there's there's a lot of murders of indigenous women in Alaska. So they definitely have some problems because they're they're so far away. And here we talk about the first 24 or 48 hours are the most important parts of, of solving a crime. Sometimes it's 48 hours before they can even get to the crime just because it's so vast there. So, uh, but we'll take a look at that story coming up in, uh, in just a little bit as well. Now, um, we'll continue talking about uh, the mental health uh, issues that we've been uh, dealing with. We've had a, a Harry Potter, one of the guys from Harry Potter, Tom Felton, uh, he has come out and talked about rehab and mental health, saying that the alcohol wasn't the problem for him, that it was just the symptom. We've talked about that a lot this week. Uh, James Corden is in the news. He's been banned 
from Keith McNally's upscale New York City restaurant after becoming abusive to staff, not once, but twice. And I love James Corden. I think he's so funny and so great. And I'm starting to see more of these stories about him, which is unfortunate, you know. Apparently, he's got a really big ego. So, he's been banned from this uh, upscale restaurant. Now, he did come out with an apology. And in the same day, I saw that maybe all is forgiven. So, I'm not sure. if Is he banned? Is he not banned? I, I don't know. It could go either way. Uh, also, coming up in our local news, Virginians are being asked not to move firewood. Don't move it. Because it's very bad uh, for the environment if you move it from one location to another. So I'll talk about that at the bottom of the hour here in uh, in just a little bit. We also have a story about a man who has been charged with murdering four roommates. That took place in Prince William County. Uh, four people who lived together. This guy's 24 years old. And he was a friend of the roommate's. So that's that's a pretty crazy story. We'll we'll cover that. Also, when is it appropriate? We're talking about restaurants. When is it appropriate to stop serving? To just shut down the restaurant? There are like certain time. No, like if if an for example, just pulling something out of the air. If there was a dead body in the bathroom, do you think that would be a, an appropriate time to maybe shut the restaurant down, stop serving? Yeah, I would say so. I would think so too. But uh, apparently, a restaurant decided they're just going to keep serving. So we've got that just story. Just turn it into a murder mystery party. I don't know what they did, but they they just kept right on serving it up. So there you go. Uh, if you hear Code Brown while shopping, you need to get out of the store immediately. We're going to talk about the different codes that you'll hear over the um, intercom at like Walmart and places like that. I never knew what they meant. Apparently, uh, a Target person has come out and and told everybody what that means. I'm not going to say what I was thinking there. That's good. That's very good. Uh, It it means some violence is going on. There's There's code red, code orange, code white, code green, code black. That one, code black, you might want to stay inside. That means there's bad weather outside. So... Mm-hmm. That's the only one that you would want to stay inside the store. All the rest of them, you just go ahead and leave. Yeah, probably it's a good call. Just easier to go ahead and, and leave that way. So uh, so we'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, our toll-free number is 866-916-3776. And our text number is 434-248-0704. Apparently, uh, Nick overslept and missed the morning jam trivia. I'm so sorry. And then uh, Brad says, uh, I thought that number was too low for calling in sick. <laughs> With really the 870,000? That's actually a fair many... point. Look that up and see. I wonder how many people call in sick. And how many people call in sick when they're not really sick? That's a whole other issue, I guess. Um, there's an article out talking about how Jill Biden knows a train wreck when it's coming. There's a claim that the first lady wanted aides to cut into their husband's last solo press conference, and they say it's further evidence. That I got the they weren't. There's uh, a problem. According to Career Builder data, forty percent of workers have called in sick in the last twelve months that weren't. So forty percent called in sick, and they weren't, weren't sick. 
Um, at, according to an October report from Robert Half, 57% of employees sometimes go to work while sick and 33% always go to work while sick. And so, see, I, I fall I'm in that category. I have, I can honestly say I have never called in sick when I wasn't sick. Can you say that? Yes. Okay. And and are people going to admit it if they... Well, the last time, <laughs> the last time I called in sick is because I had to because uh, I had the vid, as the kids would say. Uh, Teresa says, considering I almost never call out of work, I see a lot of people calling out. Well, yeah, actually Brad said that. Um, hmm. Oh, and then Teresa said CH had to call in this morning. He's sick. Sorry, CH. I'm sorry. I hope you feel better. All right, uh, Nick. I'm sorry you missed her. We asked what what people did. Uh, Eight hundred and seventy thousand people did on this day, and they bike to work. It's National Bike to Work Day. So now you're all caught up. We'll get you all caught up on your local headlines. WDBJ7 is on the way with those. And boy, is it going to get chilly. We had to light up the wood stove last night. You may have to do that, too. We'll take a look at your extended forecast on the way. You're listening to The Morning Jam here on the Virginia Talk Radio Network. It's time for your Morning Jam weather, brought to you by WDBJ7. I'm meteorologist Brent Watts. Mostly sunny after that morning frost. We'll get those highs in the mid-50s today. Overnight lows at 29 with frosty conditions again tonight. Thursday, sunshine a little warmer with a high of 61 and a low of 32. And on Friday, we're looking at frost in the morning, then partly sunny skies in the afternoon. Look for daytime highs in the mid-60s. Highs near 70 by the weekend. Currently 34 degrees in Lynchburg, 37 in Bedford, 41 in Roanoke, 31 in Danville, 41 in Salem, and 31 in uh, Appomattox at this time. So a Virginia man was arrested yesterday and accused of killing four people who share a home with him. David Nathaniel Main, 24, was arrested on four counts of murder, Prince William County Police said in a statement Two men and two women were found dead Monday in different parts of the home when officers arrived at the home in Woodbridge. Miguel Flores, 44, Kelly Sotelo, 42, Carrie Sotelo, 19, and Richard Julio Jesus Corrales, 36, were identified as the victims. All four descendants and the suspect were residents of the home and known to one another. Three of the deceased are family members, while a fourth was a tenant who resided in the basement. The suspect was an acquaintance of a resident who was not home during the incident. The investigation revealed that an altercation occurred inside. After the incident, the suspect left the residence, called 911 to report that someone had shot into the residence. Officers arrived on the scene, located the suspect a short distance away where he was detained without incident. Three of the four victims were shot to death. The cause of the death of the fourth victim has not been 
been determined, a firearm, police said, was recovered at the home. That is a crazy story. David Nathaniel Maine is the man who has been arrested for the murders of these four people. Statistically, uh, October is the most dangerous month on the Virginia roadways, according to the DMV and Virginia State Police. So in order to promote safe driving and reduce crashes, both agencies are joining 19 local law enforcement agencies to participate in Operation Crash Reduction. We, so it's uh, over the last 10 months, according to the Virginia officials, 8,034 people were killed in crashes on Virginia roads. Over those deaths, 791, 10% occurred in October, making statistically the most dangerous month of the year for crash, crash fatalities. In October of 2021, 86 people were killed with more than 5,200 injuries, injured in nearly 12,000 crashes in Virginia. So a uh, new promotion going on, obviously. Uh, I don't know why October would be the most month. It seems like that would, you know. Um, it I, probably has to do with, with some of our little furry critters i'm yeah. guessing deer uh, because that's when deer season they start getting pushed mm-hmm. they start pushing the deer and they start moving a lot i'm I've, i don't know that that's true but i'm guessing that that's, that's a lot of it probably interesting as the day turns cooler and as the days get shorter many virginians are using firewood to try to stay warm and to even spend quality of time with family and friends and it seems harmless moving firewood uh, but it can enable the easy movement of destructive forest and agricultural pest they're asking that virginians not move firewood from one area to another when firewood is moved the invasive emerald ash borer spongy moth asian longhorn beetle spotted lanternfly which we've been talking about for a while now they uh, hitchhike to destroy crops infect more trees sometimes they can take out entire forest since it's difficult to determine if firewood is infested the best option is to keep virginia's forest and crops safe by, they say buying firewood where you plan to burn it. The general rule is to get firewood that is at least local to the county where it will be used. If you heat your home with firewood, harvest it locally or purchase it from a reputable dealer in compliance with state and regional firewood regulations. They say infective disease and insects are a critical threat to our forest. They say if you're going camping, make plans to buy firewood when you get there or gather it on site if it's permitted. And if you have leftover firewood, leave it behind when you go. Package heat-treated, non-kiln dried firewood, which will have a seal of certification from the U.S. Department of Agriculture. Now, we do use firewood, but it's all sourced. Yeah, that's what I learned that scouts about, you know, firewood in the proper way to to handle that and everything I, that I goes with it. I don't know that everybody, you know, thinks about that. I, I think they do it naively. I don't think they're intending to do any harm, but it can be really disastrous. Yeah. You know? Very much so. I I remember just being taught, taught that in scouts, and I think uh, we would always, we would sometimes bring some stuff with us, but it would be very minimal. It wouldn't be anything too intrusive. It would be... So, uh, but it, it was more fire starter stuff than like an actual firewood. Sure. State revenues have continued to grow in the first quarter of the budget year, even as the economy slowed. Virginia Secretary of Finance Steve Cummings briefed members of the Senate Finance and Appropriations Committee Tuesday morning, 
Revenues were up with more than 7% through September, but Cummings warned that economic indicators increasingly point towards a period of recession. He's quoted as saying, the storm clouds are getting closer, and I think more troubling for everybody on what might lay ahead, he told the committee. So we're obviously watching that very closely. Members of the committee also learned that the state had issued almost 2.8 million tax rebates with about 400000 to go. I already got my tax rebate. That was a nice nice check in the mail. Mm-hmm. Well, we yeah, in Virginia, we did. I got mine, too. So, so pretty good. And my mom was like, oh, I didn't know I was getting this. I was like, <laughs> yeah. Mom, please pay attention. A 12-year-old girl is a hero after she saved her family when a fire broke out in her home. It says, uh, we lost a lot, but my sisters are here and I was able to save everybody, Alyssa Canada said. Around 3 a.m. Monday morning, the 12-year-old alerted her family to the fire threatening their home on Stonewall Road in Appomattox. Alyssa said she woke up to the smell of smoke and saw flames coming through the windows. She immediately started screaming to her family. Uh, I knew there was a fire coming through. All I could think about was getting my family out, she said. Her mom said that Alyssa woke her up and was she was able to get all of her daughters out safely. She said nothing is compared to our lives and we're grateful to have escaped with them. Fire crews believe the fire on Stonewall Road started outside, possibly in a shed. Uh, Patterson said they lost everything. Uh, she said, my mother passed in 2012. Her pictures and the little memorabilia I had is gone. But they say despite the tragedy, the family is very thankful. The whole family is moved by how the community has rallied to help them. I'm not surprised being in Appomattox. They're kind of known for that. Uh, she said they've done so much for us. Kind words, financial support, uh, just hugs and words of encouragement. Uh, if you would like to donate to this family, Appomattox Community and Disaster Relief are collecting donations, and uh, we'll put up a link as to where you can find out how you can uh, donate things to them. They also have a GoFundMe page set up, so uh, we can get a link up to that as well. So if you are so inclined to help them, you'll be able to do that. So did you hear the story about the female... Uh, quarterback i've heard bits and pieces of the story i've seen it a little bit on social media so i i think it's a it's a pretty impressive story though she's a she's a she's uh pretty good yeah i mean she does seem to be pretty darn good at what she does um she earned the chance to play quarterback for one of the state's highest profile varsity football teams which state and she threw a, a touchdown pass which is kind of cool. Um, she, uh, Pewaukee High School. Where's that? Um, I'm trying to find out. I don't know where Pewaukee. Pulaski. Oh. Pu Pu no, Pewaukee High School. Oh. She started playing in the eighth grade. And, um, and he says he's coached girl kickers before, and they were really good. But she says this, this girl is, is kind of different. In the way that she does it. And apparently, the Patriots sent her a football. So it's got to be like Massachusetts, the Northeast. I Maybe. So. Um, first female player to score a touchdown uh, in Brockton. Hold on. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's Massachusetts. Yeah, it probably is. Uh, recognized by Robert Kraft, it says. So, that's pretty cool. 
I mean, it's one thing to be able to play, and then you have that happen, and then you get the gift of of a Patriots football. It's pretty good. It's, it's good to be her. I don't know that we're ever going to see a female play NFL football, but it's very cool. I can see it as a cool. kicker. As like, a kicker, I can so see like it, but Car- not a quarterback. Uh, yeah, so like an example I remember is like Carly Lloyd, who is one of the greatest female soccer players of all time. Mm-hmm. She would, she like... Did and she's a big Eagles fan, and I remember the Eagles posting a social media of him, her going kick for kick with the Eagles kicker at the time. And I mean, she was hitting like forty yard kicks, and she joked like she had NFL teams reach out to her. Like I, I could see that happening. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think it's great that she did so well and that she was recognized by the Patriots. Kind of cool. It's time for Janet's Five and Dine on the Morning Jam. Give her five minutes, and she'll give you some great inspiration for a delicious meal tonight. Five and Dine is brought to you by our friends at FNL Market. They're located on Memorial Avenue in Lynchburg, cutting and grinding fresh meats every single day, working hard to keep their prices low so you can keep your food bill in check. This week at FNL, they have family packed boneless pork chops. For $2.98 a pound. That is a great price on boneless pork chops. And here is a wonderful way to prepare them. These are called garlic pork bites. So they almost look like uh, steak tips or burn-ins when you get them done. Um, And they're super tender and really, really delicious. Great for fall. They also have the Bob Evans mashed potatoes. So if you're looking for a really quick meal, you can uh, grab the Bob Evans mashed potatoes and serve this over top. You're going to need four boneless pork chops cut into one-inch pieces, one teaspoon of onion powder, one teaspoon of kosher salt, and a half teaspoon of black pepper, and some olive oil. So you'll uh, season the pork evenly with those items, and then you're going to get your skillet nice and hot and heat up your olive oil, and then you're going to add that pork and sear it on all sides for three to five minutes. And then when it uh, reaches an internal temperature of 145, it it won't take any more than five minutes to do this. Uh, You're going to remove the pork from the skillet and set it aside and just tin it with a little bit of foil to keep it warm. In the same skillet, you're going to melt a little bit of butter in there. You're going to add in your minced garlic and cook it for a minute, whisking your flour and until it's just you know lightly thickened up and well incorporated then you're going to add your chicken broth a little bit of cream some parmesan cheese a squeeze of uh, lemon juice about two tablespoons there salt and pepper let that sauce simmer for five to eight minutes and you'll know when it's ready you'll get this beautiful thickened sauce then you're going to add those pork bites back into the pan toss them coat them very evenly and then you're going to serve it over those mashed potatoes you can serve it over noodles if you like and then get a nice green bean or uh, asparagus something like that with it super delicious and a really easy meal to prepare garlic pork bites that's what it's called you can check out the recipe by going to facebook type in janet's five and dine you'll see this recipe and all the recipes that we share here on the Morning Jam, brought to you by FNL Market, where their meats are a cut above. Before you fire up the coffee maker, turn on the Morning Jam. 
I come from a long line of Southern cooks, and one thing my mama always told me was ingredients matter. That's why I trust the experienced butchers at FNL Market, Lynchburg's only locally and family-owned independent grocery store. Their staff cuts and grinds fresh meats daily and will offer you the personal service you desire for everyday meals or special occasions. This week at FNL, save on sirloin tip roast, $3.98 a pound. Whole boneless pork loins are $2.69 a pound and sliced for free. Family pack boneless pork chops are $2.98 a pound. And leg quarters are $6.80 for a 10-pound bag. Sign up to be a VIP Savings Club member. Text FL Market to 833-605-1804. Join the VIP Text Club for exclusive deals and flash sales. Stop by FNL Market today, 2517 Memorial Avenue, Lynchburg. Their meat is a cut above. 9 a.m. The Morning Jam, 6 to 9 a.m. Well, I've been waiting for almost two years to see a different side of him and I'm not seeing it yet. Uh, President Biden speaking out, wasting no time trying to spread some fear-mongering before the midterms. You know, if you don't vote for Democrats, everything's going to go to hell in a handbasket, as if it's not already there. Uh, He is using the Roe versus Wade big time to to threaten uh, Americans, particularly women, to get them motivated to vote. For Democrats, uh, here's a little bit from his speech yesterday. Yeah, it it's just uh, it's so messy. He then goes on to to tout, uh, you know, how successful his presidency has been and and how much he's he's done for people. Um, I, I find it very difficult to believe that a woman who's in the middle of a miscarriage is going to be turned away from health care. I hope Dr. Harb is listening because I'm not a doctor. I, I I don't know how all of that works, but that seems highly unlikely to me. That is truly a, med- a medical emergency. Um, if, if somebody's, you know, going through something like that, I, I just, I don't, I don't believe it. I think he's lying and exaggerating. And um, I just don't believe that what he's saying is true. Uh, and if I'm wrong, Y'all feel free to, you know, correct me. I'm sure you will. Um, But let's take a look at Biden's record on abortion. Because, I mean, right now, you would think he has... uh, Earlier in the speech, he talks about, you know, how he's been literally doing this for 50 years. I mean, it's crazy how long he's been in position and in power and done absolutely nothing. Um, In 19... 74. This is a year after Joe Biden entered the Senate. The same year the Supreme Court legalized abortion with the Roe v. Wade decision. Um, He said the ruling had gone too far that a woman seeking an abortion should not have the sole right to, uh, you know, say what would happen to that unborn life. That was in 1974 that he said that. A far cry from where he is today. In 1976, he votes for the Hyde Amendment. The Hyde Amendment bans federal funding for abortions. That was in 76. 
1981. He introduces the Biden Amendment that prohibits foreign aid funding of biomedical research involving abortion. In 1982, he votes for a constitutional amendment allowing states to overturn Roe v. Wade. This is, this is in 1982, and, and basically, that's what we're talking about now. The, the decision on Roe v. Wade has just gone back to the states. There's no unilateral cancellation of abortions. None of that is going on. Um, in 83, he votes for... Um, he votes against a constitutional amendment allowing states to overturn Roe v. Wade. So in one year, he votes for the constitutional amendment, and then the next year he votes against it because we can see the tide changing. So now we have to change our opinion or we might lose votes. In 84, he votes for the Mexico City policy, which bans federal funding for abortions. In 87, he becomes chairman of the Senate Judiciary Committee and leads fight against the Supreme Court nominee, Judge Robert Bork, whom he said was opposed to Roe v. Wade. So in a 10-year time period, he's completely flip-flopped, as have many people who are still uh, serving in Washington. He says those of us who are opposed to abortion should not be compelled to pay for them in 94. So he said that in 94. Then in 95, he votes to ban partial birth abortions, as he should. In 97, he votes to ban partial birth abortions. He does it again in 2003. In 2007, he criticizes the Supreme Court decision upholding the ban on partial birth abortion, calling it paternalistic. In 2008, he opposes overturning Roe v. Wade. In 2012, he says the government doesn't have the right to tell other women that they can't control their body. So when he first started out, he was saying a woman couldn't kill that unborn life. Now he's saying that the government doesn't have the right to tell women what to do with their body. Forget the baby in there. Uh, 2019, he's opposed to the Hyde Amendment, which bans the federal funding for abortion, whereas in 76, he voted for it. Um. In 2020, of course, he says he supports abortion under any circumstances. So, as as a, you know, you, you say you have voted for Democrats and you voted for Republicans. What do you think when you hear a record like that? Doesn't shock me. I mean, like, this flip-flopping is just always going to happen because, again— but it doesn't always happen. There are some people out yes. there who have values, and they stick to the same values. And I, I respect those people, even if I may or may not agree with them. But I think a majority are, these, are flip-floppers, and it's because everyone's goal in Congress, when they get in there— Is to stay there. Is to stay there. Right. And that is my biggest issue with everything that goes on, is that— their decisions, most decisions aren't authentic. It's, oh, this will get me, it's like social media now. What can get me likes? What can give me, you know, these blog posts that, what can give me clicks? It's, it's like, what can keep me, what, and it, it's a natural feeling, you know, for survival. So that, that's kind of how I well, stand on those it's things. it's pathetic is what it is. It's just pathetic. I don't disagree. 
Later on in the show, we'll be talking with uh, Sarah Mays. There is a uh, Stand for Life rally coming on the 29th of this month. That'll be in the 8 o'clock hour. We'll have uh, some information from Newt Gingrich next hour. Bill Trefero on the way. You're listening to the Virginia Talk Radio Network, 100.9 WIQO Forest and 106.3 WMNA-FM Greta Danville.